You're listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Come on, come on, give God some praise in here. Yes. Praise him, praise him. If you're wondering why some of us get excited, why we jump in worship, why we lift our hands, this is why, because we have experienced freedom. We've experienced freedom in Jesus. Go ahead and stand. I haven't told you to sit yet. Whew. Y'all got tired from that. Oh, I know. All right, I'm glad some of you are still ready to go because we're just getting pumped up for the night, all right? Welcome to the wild. Thank you for being here. If it is your first time, I am so excited to have you. Thank the person who brought you. Thank the person who invited you because you are going to have an encounter with God tonight. I truly believe that. There's a reason that you were invited because God has a purpose for you being here. You just have to be willing and ready to listen to what he has to say. So if I haven't met you yet, my name is Connor. I'm the youth pastor here. Thank you for coming. Okay, now you guys can sit. I know, we haven't read the word yet, so we don't usually sit, but we're going to do a little backstory to start. Tonight, we are starting a new series, because last week we had Pastor Jesse. Was that exciting? Did you guys like having him? Yes. Pastor Jesse killed it. If you weren't able to be here, that should be up on the podcast soon. Hopefully within the next week or so, we'll have that up and we'll be all caught up on our podcast episodes. So go on there, follow The Wild on podcast, and then you can go back and listen to the ones you've missed or ones that you just want to re-listen to, right? Because God can speak to us again and again and again. So we're starting the series, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. It's December So what holiday are we celebrating? Christmas, right? The birth of Jesus. Christmas. So I thought it fitting that we would talk about Jesus. And the thing on my heart was looking at Jesus is king. There's a lot of apparel right now. A lot of shirts, sweatshirts that say Jesus is king. Jesus is the king, right? Have you guys seen that? There's quite a lot of that going on. So I figured, let's talk about why that's important. Because it's a thing that we just kind of throw out there, that Jesus is king. But I think if we step back and really dissect that, we'll see why it's so important. And what it means for us that he is king. So that's what we'll be looking at this month. And the title of my message tonight is king of the Jews. So Jesus is king, and he is the king of the Jews. So before we pick up in our scripture, I want to catch us up to what has happened. That way you have context, you have understanding before we dive in. So, one day, an angel visits a virgin, a girl, And the angel tells her that you are going to give birth to the Son of God. 
Now, that's exciting and crazy, right? Because if you know what virgin means, it means she hasn't had sex, and so she's not able to be pregnant, right? Let's just cut to the chase. So she's excited, yet probably a little scared, maybe confused, and been in the presence of an angel who just appeared to her. She's told that she's going to give birth to Emmanuel, God with us. And the baby then is raised, the baby's born and raised by mom and stepdad. Yes, you heard me right. Mom and stepdad, right? Maybe it doesn't sound like an ideal situation, but the baby is, is raised and he begins to show signs of great wisdom at the age of 12. The age of 12, his parents lose track of him for a few days, and when they find him, he's been teaching in the temple. And not just teaching anyone, he's been teaching the priests and the rulers of the temple, and they are in awe of the wisdom that he is bringing to them. At the age of 30, he begins traveling, and as he's traveling, he gains followers, people who are listening to him. They're being taught. And as they travel around, they're seeing him miraculously heal people. People who have never walked since they've been born. And he looks at them and says, get up and walk, and they walk. People who were blind, and he gives them sight. Lepers, he heals their leprosy by touching them. He, they see him feeding thousands of people with one lunch. They see him casting out demons, people who have been possessed or oppressed by demonic spirits. They are seeing them be set free, not only in their physical bodies, but in their minds, cast out. They hear him teaching the Jewish law, but bringing new teaching and talking about a resurrection that's to come. And all this time, these followers have been with him. They've been learning from him. They've spent time with him. They've eaten meals together. See, they've become friends. This teacher and the followers have built a bond, a friendship, a love for one another. But there are also people who didn't like his following. They didn't like his teaching. They didn't like how many people were following him. And so they devised a plan. They paid one of this man's followers to turn him over. To tell them where he was going to be so that they could arrest him. They could kidnap him. And as he was arrested, his followers left him. They ran away. They fled. All of these people who had been following him for three years ran away. They left him to be arrested. And when they were asked if they knew him, some of them said, no, I don't know that man. I was never with him. I didn't sit under his teaching. I didn't eat a meal with him. I don't know him. 
Then he was taken away to the courts to await trial. And the charge against him was his claim to be the king of the Jews. So go ahead and stand with me. This is where we're going to pick up our scripture. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to John. We will be in chapter 19. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen. Follow along. We'll start in verse 12. It says, From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in, in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. But Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus. God, I pray tonight that we see this, this story in a new light. God, that you enlighten our hearts, that you bring wisdom. And God, you show us what it means for your son to be our king. God, show us how we can better serve you and inspire us by your love and your goodness tonight. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Wasn't the story you were expecting, probably. Probably expecting the birth story of Jesus, but instead, we're talking about his crucifixion. So I have a question, and I want you to shout out the answer. What is the first word that comes to mind when I say king? Crown, ruler, royalty, gold, a castle, Jesus, Charlemagne, power, anyone from over here, leader, lion, Pharaoh, <laughs> yeah, David, okay, the first thing that came to mind as I was thoughting about this 
was country. Now let me explain, right? Because usually when we think of kings, they rule a country, yes? They rule an area, and that's usually how we refer to them. Probably the most common is the king or right now queen of England, right? Maybe the king of Norway or the king of Spain, king of Saudi Arabia. We're referring to them by the place where they rule, the place where they have their reign, where their authority lies. Within the boundaries of their country or land. And so Jesus being called king of the Jews means that he is a king of a people group, not a land. He's king of a people. His rule isn't confined to an area of land. It's not confined to a country which means that his authority in our lives has no bounds, that he has no limits, right? We serve a boundless king. So we too are not bound to a land. We're not confined to a country or an area or a territory. We're not confined to a certain place. And so no matter where you are, you are under his authority, and you're under his rule and reign. And being under his authority means that you are also under his protection. His protection over you has no bounds. See, we see this all the time where people... They get trapped in another country. Maybe they get arrested, they get kidnapped, and then they're just stuck, right? Because the the king or the president where they're from, they have no authority in the land that they're trapped in. All they can do is try and barter and hope that the other king or authority is going to let them have their people back. But you see, we serve a boundless king. His protection is has no limits. In fact, there's a phrase that I've heard from multiple people, one of them being Jackson, wherever he is, probably somewhere over there he is, that the safest place to be is where God calls you. The safest place to be is where God calls you because his protection goes before you. His protection is behind you. His protection surrounds you. However, his protection and authority requires obedience. His protection and authority in our life requires our obedience. See, when we are disobedient... We have removed ourselves from his protection. When we are disobedient, his authority in our lives has been rejected. We disobey and we say, no, I don't think you know what's best. I know what's best. You see, we're choosing ourselves over Jesus, the king. And it's so easy for us to read that story And think, how could those people do that? 
These people that have followed Jesus, they've seen everything that he's done. How could they do that to him? They denied him. They rejected him. In fact, they handed him over to be killed. How could they do that? You see, they chose the king of the land over the king of promise. They chose Caesar's authority rather than Jesus' authority. The promised one that they'd been waiting for. The teacher that they had seen heal the sick, cast out demons, give forgiveness, and love the sinner. See, they chose loyalty to the king of the land rather than loyalty to the king Jesus. So as we break up into small groups tonight, the question that I want you asking yourselves is, does Jesus have your loyalty? Does Jesus have your loyalty? We've got 20 minutes. Go ahead and break up into your groups. If you came with a friend, go to your friend's group. If you didn't come with a friend and you haven't been in a small group, come up here to the front and I will help you find Three, two, one. Groups are done. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, you got 20 minutes. And all of the time after this. It's always 20 minutes. I know, it goes by fast. So hopefully in your small groups you came to the conclusion that the verses we were talking about were talking about Jesus, right? Did most of you come to that conclusion? Yes? Cool. And hopefully you also talked about the fact that serving a king means that we aren't serving ourselves. Serving a king means we aren't serving ourselves. See, because we are... We're serving our king and their mission. Our loyalty is found in them. We kind of talked about in my group that when we think about just any king, it's usually that we conform to their beliefs. We conform to their rules, their way of doing things. And when you think about that in an earthly sense of you know, kings here, that's kind of scary. I don't really like the thought of conforming to their beliefs just because they have a title, right? Because that means that I am throwing away everything I have believed to conform to you. But when we're talking about Jesus, that's exactly what happens, right? Because we have a heart shift. We have a heart perspective that is shared with Jesus and that he's a good king. So we should want our loyalty to go to him because serving his mission is going to be better than serving our own mission. His plan for us is going to be better than our plan. If you all go ahead and stand with me. But some of you might be in here and 
as you were thinking about that question, does Jesus have my loyalty, you didn't know. Or maybe the answer was just no, right? Because maybe this is your first time. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. You've never really heard much about Jesus or God or anything we've talked about. And so all of this seemed like a foreign concept. But in the story we talked about, I said how it was a crucifixion story. So what that means is that God sent Jesus to live this earth And Jesus chose to live here knowing that all of those things were going to happen, knowing that his followers, his disciples, that they were going to run away, knowing that he was going to be betrayed by one of his closest friends. He still chose to live here, and then he chose to die a, a gruesome death. If you don't know what crucifixion is, it's brutal. Not only was he hung on a cross, he was whipped and mocked and spit on. And even the sign reading King of the Jews was hung to mock him because they thought it was a joke. See, Jesus chose all of this because he knew the joy that was set before him. It talks about that, that Jesus took on the cross knowing the joy and What's the joy? You. Salvation for you. Salvation for me. That's the kind of king I want to serve. I want to serve a king who is willing and actually did lay down his life so that I could live. That's the king that I want to serve, and that's the king that you too can serve. That's the king that you can give your loyalty to. So if you could all close your eyes, bow your heads. I'm going to give you this opportunity right now to start a relationship, a friendship with God. A chance for you to receive that salvation and accept it and say, God, I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been trusting the ways of the world I've been trusting the the kings of this world. I've conformed to what they believe, but God, I want to conform to you. I want my heart to align with yours, and I want to give you my loyalty above all else. If that's you tonight, we're going to say a prayer together one line at a time. It seems simple, but let me tell you, the price that was paid was not a simple one. It was the life of Jesus. It was a very high cost that God was willing to pay. But he made it simple for you to say yes to that. It's just to confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, that he is your king, and to believe that in your heart, that's all that he's asking of you. To say yes. So I'll ask again if everyone could close your eyes. We're going to repeat a prayer together. No one is going to be alone. And if you want to say this for the first time tonight, just say it from the bottom of your heart. Say it with boldness. Say it with confidence. And say it with surrender. God, I'm surrendering myself to you. So repeat after me. Say, Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for the cost of his life. 
Thank you for choosing me. Forgive me for all I've done wrong. Help me to serve you every day of my life. My loyalty is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Keep your eyes closed for just one more second. Because if that was you tonight and you said that for the first time, I want to know who you are so that I can pray for you. So I'm simply going to count to three, and when I hit three, I just want you to raise your hand, and then I'm just going to pray over you. One, two, three. Awesome. 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 God, I thank you so much for these six students that said, God, you are my king. God, that my loyalty is yours. And God, I pray that even as we're speaking right now, God, that you are, you are showing them your goodness, your kindness. And Holy Spirit, just fill them with your peace, your joy, your hope, and your love right now. And God, I just pray that they would know that they are serving a good king, a trustworthy king. A king that wants what's best for them. Not a king that's going to trick them and lie to them, but one that is going to lead them. God, I pray that we as, as their friends, as their, as their brothers and sisters in Christ, we would be here to push them along the way. To show them your truth. To remind them of your love and your peace when they need it. And to be here to be a shoulder to cry on when they need that, God. Help us to be unified as one. God, I pray that these six people would leave this place tonight carrying the crown of confidence. Knowing that they are a son or a daughter of the king. And that no one can tell them different. No one can take it away. What is theirs is theirs. It can't be taken, God. So we thank you and we praise you for being a good king. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for six people saying yes. That's so exciting. And as we close tonight, we're going to sing a song like we always do. If you're here tonight and there's something heavy on your heart, maybe something's been distracting you, whether it's what we talked about or not. We're going to have leaders around the room waiting to pray with you. Please go find one of them. We're here to pray with you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to, to remind you of the goodness of God. So if you need something, go find one of them. If you don't, please be respectful. Stay in the room. As we're worshiping, it's a time to worship God. When we're singing, it's a time to be in his presence because he is the only one worthy of our attention, the only one worthy of our focus. And Leo, if you keep distracting people, we're going to have a conversation. He is the only one worthy of our love and our praise. So take this time, if you're not getting prayer, to just praise him. In whatever way you need, whether that's jumping around, raising your hands, or if you just need to sit and not sing, do that. 
but just praise him and receive what he wants to give you tonight. As the worship team comes, go and get your prayer. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go to myeternity.com slash wild. Or you can join us in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30 at Eternity. Yeah.